Turn to Psalm 46, if you will. We will be in Psalm 46 for the next four Sundays. We'll cover uh, verses 1 through 3 this morning, but I'll read for you the entire psalm. Uh, Appropriately, on Reformation Sunday, it's the psalm that Martin Luther based the hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, on. So, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's pray together. Oh, make your word a swift word, passing from the ear to the heart, from the heart to the lip in conversation, that as the rain returns not empty, so neither may your word, but accomplish that for which it is given. Amen. Well, as we go through this short series on Psalm 46, we're, we're going to be focused on becoming God's thanksgiving people. That's as we approach Thanksgiving time, uh, that's our, our emphasis as we kind of look through this psalm. And, and that just means people whose lives have been marked by gratitude, who bear the characteristic of gratitude. Uh, and so we have four sermons in Psalm 46, and they're going to go kind of like this. God's help, that's this morning. God's help, God's presence, God's peace, and God's power. And I just want to remind, if you weren't in here for the announcements, of these little devotional guides that are in the back, in the basket on the back table for you to take home and, and work through uh, with yourself, as with a family or by yourself. Um, we've kind of given those to you as a resource for this time, so... Well, we got a lot of rain yesterday, which is a wonderful thing. We certainly needed a lot lot of rain. It kind of lasted several hours, a good drenching downpour. Uh, And one of the ways that is sort of I can't remember in in my lifetime uh, has been the the low level of the Mississippi River. Um, I think it's it's definitely setting records for being so low. Uh, and so these things, which have been for a long time covered up with water, have been uncovered. And now they're out in the open and, and people are finding all kinds of cool things out there. Cars and mammoth jawbones uh, and Civil War relics and, and even like old shipwrecks and things like that. And, you know, I think it would be really cool to go out there with a metal detector and just sort of see what you can, what you can dig up. 
Uh, I saw something funny on the internet that said, you know, Dollar General is already building a new store on some of the new real estate that's been uncovered. (laughs) But there's been a similar drought in Europe, too, that has had similar effects. But one of the things they're finding there uh, are old ruins uh, of, of castles and stuff. And not really in rivers, but just in fields and stuff. And what they're doing because they're taking these drones and they're flying them up high over above these fields and you can, they can actually see the outlines of these foundations of these, these ancient structures uh, because below the ground there are, there are the stones of these foundations that are still there, you know, buried you know, some feet below the surface and, and those stones sort of cause the ground to hold on to moisture just a little bit longer than the, the, the ground around them. And so the vegetation is just slightly greener or thicker where these old foundations can be found. So they actually can see the outlines of these, these old ancient structures that are being uncovered. Without even, even digging, they can find these ruins and, and pieces of history. And, that, and just like that in the, the, the receding shorelines of the Mississippi River, all of that is possible only because there's a drought. Only in time of drought can, can these things be uncovered. It takes, it takes the trial of a drought sometimes to show us where the foundations are laid. Psalm 46 reminds us that, that we too have a, a strong refuge and a, and a help in our God, but that, that often remains invisible until we're struck by the tempest, right? Uh, we often don't notice it or see it until we, we find that we desperately need it and and we're looking at Psalm 46 this month leading up to, to Thanksgiving. And, and the main theme of this psalm is, is, perser- is, is the preserving, protecting love that God has for his people. And when Martin Luther sat down to write a hymn of, of confidence in his God, he basically paraphrased Psalm 46. God is our helper amid the floods of, of the mortal ills, to use the translation of Luther's words. So let's thank our God for this help, which, which gives confidence in all circumstances of life. Just a little bit of a preacher's note here, foot, footnote. Uh, every once in a while, I think I might be getting too predictable. And so nine Sundays out of 10, I preach three points, right? Three points in a poem, uh, as they say, with the occasional two-pointer thrown in. Um, today I have seven, um, don't worry, uh, the same amount of time to preach, which I define as as much as I want. Um, so, but we're only focusing on the first three verses this morning. So, so here are the seven points. I'll repeat this as we, as we go along. Uh, God's help protects. God's help strengthens. God's help is near. God's help gives courage. God's help stabilizes. God's help orders the chaos, and God's help brings peace. So we're going to walk through these, uh, hopefully rather quickly, not spending a lot of time on each one, Um, but here we go. Are you ready? God's help protects. Let's look at verse 1 of Psalm 46. We're just going to kind of walk through these first three verses. God is our refuge right? This is, a, this is a psalm of confidence in God as the, the protector and the defender of his people. 
God is God, it's, it's God who is the refuge. And this, this psalm is kind of tied to the, the events that take place in Isaiah 37, in which the, the Assyrian king Sennacherib uh, has laid siege and encamped around Jerusalem with this mighty host of these, these fierce and savage warriors, these veterans who have been blooded on conquest and pillage of many lands, and they are out to come and take Jerusalem now. And there they are arrayed around God's holy city. And King Hezekiah prays to God for deliverance. And in, in Isaiah 37, verse 34 and 30 through 36, here's what God says and does. God says of Sennacherib and the Assyrians, by the way that he came, by the same he shall return, and he shall not come into this city, declares the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. Okay. God's protecting. God's defending his city. It's God himself that does this. It wasn't the city walls that that did this, or the arrows of the defenders, or or catapults, or those sorts of things. But, But God sends his help to his people. And again, God shows his protective help to his people. He shows his faithfulness to protect and give refuge. As a few chapters later in Isaiah 40, 1 through 2, hear the words of God to the people, to Isaiah to speak to the people. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for her sins. In other words, the judgment is over. And now they're to be comforted with the gracious protection of God. So God's help protects. God's help strengthens. So kind of scenario for you, uh, if, you were, if you were out camping in the middle of the wilderness and, and this bad lightning storm came up all of a sudden, where would you rather spend the night? Uh, in a tent, uh, a bouncy house, or a tree fort? Like, is there a none of the above option, really, is what you would say. But none of them are great, but only one of those is going to give you a decent chance of staying dry, Right? And it's, it's the strength and purpose of the tent, that's what I would choose, to provide this adequate shelter. And I, having spent a few nights in pretty decent storms in a tent, I can say, yep, adequate about, about covers it. Uh, but it's merely adequate. But God has both the strength and the determination to provide sheltering help for his people. God is our refuge and strength. Our protection is only as good as God is strong. What, is, what, did, what did Martin Luther write? Uh, a, a decent tent from Walmart is our God? No. He wrote, a mighty fortress is our God. At what times have you seen God act to protect you? Where have you experienced his strength? 
in protecting you from your own heart? Have you ever experienced his strength in protecting you from the temptations that, that find their way into your own heart? Or where have you experienced his strength in working out just a situation for your good where, where now you can look back on and sort of see the, how what happened there really was the best outcome for you spiritually and in all those ways? Psalm 145 verse 4 says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Maybe God has worked to protect you and to give you strength and, and, and take care of you in ways that, that those acts would only seem mighty to you. Because you know the burden that they represent on your heart. Because they were, they were known only in the obscurity of your own anxiety and your own anxious heart. But they were mighty nonetheless. God loves to bring the might of his infinite omnipotence to bear on even the mundane struggles of his beloved children. So God's help protects, God's help strengthens, God's help is near. Verse 1 says it's a very present help in trouble. All this protection, all this, this strength and might is, is meaningless if it's inaccessible. If you can't get to it, 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 it's not like in the movies when, you know, the heroes are trying to run out of the cave, but they're being chased by the monster. And you can see the entrance of the cave in the daylight that kind of represents safety just ahead of them because all the monsters are, are afraid of the, the sunlight. And, and then what happens inevitably to one of the two people running towards the entrance right before they reach there? One of them stumbles and falls and, you know, twisting and like, oh, go on without me. Like, no, we can make it. Um, this, God's help is not just present. It's not just, just out of our reach. It's, it's very present. Like, that doesn't even make sense to us in English. What does very present mean? It means more than just being proximate, more than just being adjacent or near it means instantly accessible. If you're old enough to remember dial-up internet, like the internet was there, it was always present, but, but now you don't have to jump through the hoop of, of dialing into the number and hearing the screeching, but it's, it's always accessible. It's just there. The refuge and strength of God are accessible with a, a turn of our thoughts. We have God's spirit dwelling within us. Something not even the, the psalmist could say on a regular day-to-day -day basis. But we can turn instantly to God our Father through his spirit in prayer. Whenever we feel his need of refuge and strength. But also in times when we don't feel the need. But we know because of virtue of, of who we are as broken, fallen people, we need that regular routine access of accessing God's heart for struggling people. And we have promises and truths that we cling to, like Romans eight twenty six. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with groanings too deep for words. It's like it's, it's always running in our hearts. God's help protects, God's help strengthens, God's help is near, God's help gives courage. Verse 2, therefore we will not fear. Okay, so there's, there's kind of a logical progression here that is taking place in this psalm that that God's mighty, God, God protects his people mightily, that God's protection is, is always on, and therefore, because of those things, we can have courage. The, the therefore kind of covers what, whatever it is that follows it in the stanza of the psalm, that God's, God's help is, is like those reinforcing steel rods that run through the, the concrete and in these huge structures that make it able to bear the weight. They're they're invisible, but without them, you know, we'd crumble. Be reminded from Scripture of God's mighty protection. Again to Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against it, against us? So what do we say? Like, what do we say to illness and disease? What do we say to those, those inner voices of, of doubt and despair? What do we say to those who would abuse or use their power to, to take advantage? What do we say to the, the accusations that are heaped up upon us of shame by the devil? One of the things we can say and pray back to God is, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. The knowledge of God's protection and strength, the clinging to his promises, the, the, the regular accessing of, of his presence and power through, through prayer and his word and being reminded of it from one another and the fellowship of of the saints and the accountability of your brothers and sisters around you has an effect. It gives you courage. It bolsters you. God's help protects, it strengthens, it's near, it gives courage. God's help also stabilizes. When this truth settles into our hearts the the courage that it it gives is this unshakable foundation therefore we will not fear though the earth give way though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea i mean can you imagine anything more permanent than a mountain like there's nothing uncha- as unchangeable that, that I can think of in creation as a, as a mountain. But here it says, even if that which we consider to be the most stable suddenly is unstable and slides into the heart of the sea, we have a stability greater. I remember, I think I was in about the sixth grade, someone was predicting a, a major earthquake in Memphis because we're on the, the New Madrid Fault. And anyway, someone had made this prediction that it, like in December of that year, there was going to be this, 
this big earthquake and people were filling up milk jugs with water and that sort of thing to prepare for it. And I do remember there was, there was a little tremor, but it was big enough to shake our house. And, and I have been in, the, there's an earthquake simulator at, a, at the Discovery Museum in, in West Tennessee. But that's nothing compared to like actually feeling your house shake and actually being in this, this earth, feeling the earth give way beneath your feet. I mean, paint the psalmist's word picture in your mind of, of mountains sliding into the sea. The earth cracking open and falling from beneath your feet. Like, not even that world-shaking seismic calamity would be enough to make the people of God break and run if we really understood the ever-present protective might of God. When you are really in need of God's stabilizing help, that, that might might simply come in the form of being able to pray the next prayer, crying out in lament to God. That might be the next thing that you can do by His strength. It might mean simply getting out of bed and going and doing your difficult job with your difficult boss, working as though working for the Lord. It might mean as a, as a parent preaching the gospel to your kids for the 20th time that day as they argue over whose hot dog is longer at lunch, right? Or praying for help to be consistently Christian among a group of friends and classmates that are less Christian than they claim to be. It may be these simple things that God helps and gives stability to with his strength and protection. So it protects, God's help protects, it strengthens, it's near, it gives courage, God's help stabilizes, God's help orders the chaos. And this point goes kind of hand in hand with with the the last point, with the protective peace of God's help, but but the raging sea in in the Bible is often the symbol of, of chaos and things being out of control and and so when verse 3, where it says, though its waters roar and foam, kind of harkens back to this pre-creation uh, waters of Genesis 1-2 before God, before God speaks order and design into creation. It made me re- remember the words of a mighty fortress where Martin Luther says, though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us. We will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. I mean, it's, it's, hard, to be, it's hard to be thankful in the midst of, of chaos. And, and when chaos is ruling your, your circumstances or when chaos seems to be ruling your own heart. But God's help allows you the space to stop and breathe. Later on in the psalm, in verse 10, what does he say? He says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. But it's, it's so hard to be still. <laughs> it's 
It's so hard to, to be still in the middle of, of the chaos of life and the struggle of a, of a jam-packed iCal agenda, right? Here's my encouragement to you. Make time. Make time and space to do that. Even if it's 15 minutes. Make time and space to, to be still in the presence of your strong, protective, fortress God. But this isn't a law that determines God's love for you. But rather, making time to do this is a, a grace that reminds you of God's love for you. And the result is that God's help brings peace. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, the, the raging waters of the falls, chaos and the instability of the foundations of the earth, that, that, that times of pain and suffering feel like, the, the anxiety of, of trials, the, the day-to-day battles against sin, kinda, it feels like these foundations are eroding. But look at where this psalm is taking us. Look at verse 4. Where are we going with this? Where does this... Where does this peace come from? From the disorder of the earth giving way and mountains falling in the heart of the sea and the raging seas out of control, where are we going to? There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God's refuge is home. <laughs> it's our home. It's, it's the city in which we will dwell in a one-on-one face-to-face relationship with this mighty fortress of our God. I know Philip has mentioned this book, Sheltering Mercies. It's, it's a a bunch of uh, poems and prayers based on the Psalms and, and I highly recommend it to you. But I just want to read the, the part of, of, from this book that uh, summarizes these first three verses of Psalm 46. That as we, as we come to the table, we, we recognize the one who sets the table With his own broken body and shed blood, we recognize Jesus Christ, our Savior, in whom we can run to and trust that his grace and his sacrifice is freely acceptable, accessible to us. By his mercy, we simply have to confess and believe. Father God, you are the one safe place, the the only abiding shelter in this windswept world. North star in ink black night, constant, invariable, just and rightful ruler in a land of cardboard kingdoms. If all nature withers, all strong things break, hills become valleys, seas tip up like a cup to flood the fractured earth. 
If all hell breaks loose to wind its cord of chaos around the neck of the world, you will remain arms outstretched in posture of embrace to reconcile all things to yourself. All shattered pieces of time and space restored, confirmed, strengthened, established. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we long to be restored, confirmed, strengthened, established. We long to, to find true shelter in, in your arms, in your preserving might, in your, your ordering of the chaos of our lives according to your will with the certain knowledge that, that everything that, that happens is a, is a gift from you designed for our good and for your glory. Lord, that's, that's hard to believe. Oftentimes we, we don't believe it. But Lord, we pray that you would strengthen us in our doubting, in our questioning. Give us knowledge of your love so that we might be free in our doubting and in our questioning to come to you with those difficult issues and questions and struggles. Lord, make us a community in which it is safe to doubt and to question. Lord, make us a people of, of your refuge. Lord, build us up into an outpost of your loving kindness towards all humanity. Lord, we pray that you would help us to to trust, help us to believe, help us to to run to Jesus. Lord, thank you for for giving us this opportunity this morning and this week, as you do every week, to celebrate what Christ has done for us as we come to this table. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.